Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns. We catch you midweek as we talk about linebackers now. We are going to have a discussion with Jeff Risden, who does great work for USA Today's Lions and Browns Networks. I'm going to talk to him about this group. Before we do so, we like to look back a little bit. I definitely think the 2020 Browns linebackers uh, overperformed for what was expected. A lot of nervousness losing Christian Kirksey and Joe Schobert, who had been around for a while. I know Kirksey wasn't playing because of injury issues, but really losing Joe Schobert was a was a curious situation, to say the least. They brought in B.J. Goodson to be the every-down Mike linebacker. He had 937 snaps and played pretty well. He had a 66 overall grade, 62.8 in run defense, and... Uh, let's see here. He was an, a 58.2 pass rush and a 66.1 coverage guy, 79 tackles, 27 stop plays. He was able to come up with, uh, two interceptions, four pass breakups. So again, pretty solid for a one year player who hadn't been an every down guy. I don't know where BJ ends up. As far as I know, he is still a free agent among uh, many other names like, uh, K.J. Wright is, is, for an example, still a free agent. I, I don't know where he goes. Maybe he walks in late to a camp, similar to what Malcolm Smith did for Cleveland. Malcolm Smith, another guy who overperformed last year, unexpected signing when Mac Wilson had his uh, in-camp knee issue. 67.7 for Malcolm Smith, 66.1 tackle grade, which I should mention, B.J. Goodson's tackle grade, 89.3, phenomenal. Um, Malcolm Smith, 53.0 run defense. But what he thrived in was in the pass coverage aspect. He was a 74.7 coverage defender, um, playing a lot of third down situations. Did have an interception, did have a pass breakup. Only allowed 363 yards in his direction, while B.J. Goodson, for example, 565. Not to say Goodson was bad. I thought Goodson was surprisingly good in coverage, to be honest with you. Jacob Phillips... A riddled year of of injuries on the field, off the field. Ends up with 244 snaps, a 39.0 grade, 42.6, 68.3 tackle grade, 43.2 coverage grade. Not good enough, but enough flash plays. And what I think people are looking at with Phillips, he had week 17, he played, he played Mike and played 67 snaps. Other than that 67 snaps and the wild card, he played 49 He hadn't really played a bulk of the snaps like that, especially in a a wildly important game where the Browns needed to clinch. He has a 66.8 grade, 49.8 run defense, but tackled it in 83.2, was all over the field, had a 71.4 coverage mark. What stood out, I mean, obviously, is he had um, eight stop tackles in, in that game alone. And if you don't know what a stop tackle is, I'll make sure to reference this for you right now. A stop is a defensive stop that is a tackle that constitutes a failure for the offense. So uh, any kind of failure, a tackle resulting in a failure, usually like a tackle at the line of scrimmage, right right at the line of scrimmage or behind it. He was all over the field, closing gaps. He is he When he gets out in space and plays, he's effective. That's what has some people excited. Um, you know. So he dealt with the knee injury issues. He was on and off the field. 
They hope he can find some consistency and find a role. Perhaps if Anthony Walker's your early down Mike, he is your third down uh, and pass situation Mike because he can play more in space. I don't know. He'll get a shot at will. I think he'll have every opportunity to earn a role and start. Uh, but but it shouldn't be looked over that not a fantastic overall rookie year where he uh, was targeted 25 times, allowed 21 receptions, 126 yards. He missed three tackles. Um, so not great. But the flash in Week 17 is kind of what, what kind of piqued everyone's interest, which to me was understandable. He was phenomenal. If that's who he can be, some form or fashion, he can be a pretty good player. Mac Wilson, we'll talk about him in a second. Let's talk about Sione Takitaki. He played in 17 games, 498 snaps, uh, 232 run snaps, 234 pass coverage snaps, 67.5 overall grade, 89.3 run defense. Really good. Uh, found an identity as, as a Sam linebacker playing downhill, especially when walked up in under fronts. Really, really effective there. 61.7 tackle grade, 64.3 pass rush. He ended up with 47 total tackles. 25 stop tackles, which for the sheer number of snaps, pretty good, pretty good number for him. The problem is coverage, where he's a 44.4 coverage grade, 20 of 30 passes in his direction were caught, 205 yards he allowed. He actually ended up with two touchdowns, so um, sorry, two interceptions, I should say, which is a pretty solid mark for for Taki Taki. He is an interesting player. Can he keep growing in the scheme? Mac Wilson, always the subject of discussion. A 41.9 total grade, 37.7 run defense, 43.9 tackle grade. He missed nine tackles, 77.2 when he was sent on a pass rush, a 49.3 in coverage. Again, not good enough. Allowed a touchdown, 19 of 31 targets, 171 yards. He played 401 total snaps on the season. He was a reserve. He did not play play starting snaps. So, I don't know. Max fighting for his NFL career in Cleveland. Does it mean he can't play somewhere else? Doesn't. But we'll talk about him with Jeff Risden a little bit here in a bit. But that's the extent of it. Elijah Lee floated on the roster. Tay Davis floated on the roster. But that's the group that played. They kept six linebackers last year. I have to see what they want to do this year. Linebackers currently on the roster. They sign Anthony Walker. Again, an early down Mike linebacker who brings tremendous intangibles from the Colts. Go back and look at what everybody said about him when he left. Could not be higher on the person. Limited athletically, but gives it his all. Smart, can diagnose, can play in the box, can do a little bit of something in pass coverage here and there, but a guy you don't want on the field all three downs, but has a great role in early downs, great role in preparation for his guys in the locker room and in the the linebacker room, and uh, I think there's a lot to be gained from him. You know, otherwise, people we've talked about, Malcolm Smith's back on a one-year deal, Sione Takitaki's back, Mac Wilson's back, Jacob Phillips is back, Elijah Lee is back, Montreal Meander is back, uh, another name that has floated on the practice squad, come up when they needed him. And then they add two young guys, Tony Fields in the fifth round, JOK, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa in the second round. They, they kept six last year. Who are your six? Anthony Walker, Taki Taki, Jacob Phillips, JOK, Tony Fields. And then then do you keep that that question becomes, do you end up keeping, you know, Mac Wilson around? So if you keep Wilson, Walker, Taki Taki, Smith, Phillips, JOK, that means Tony Fields is out. So if they're they're keeping six, it's a fight between Mac Wilson, 
Tony Fields and Elijah Lee, in my opinion. I don't know what direction that ends up going. Tony Fields just drafted. Is his foot healthy or whatever the issue was keeping him, keeping him out of training camp? We haven't hit training camp yet, Jake. Keeping him out of mini camp in OTAs. I don't know. That's what we'll have to see. That sixth spot, you better be good at special teams. you got to have some sort of value there. But I would imagine those first five we referenced are pretty much locks. Walker, Taki Taki, Smith, Phillips, JOK. Then it's a fight for the sixth spot. I don't know. They could keep seven. But the way we talked about D-line depth yesterday, it feels like they might end up keeping an extra D-lineman. Then it gets dicey about keeping another extra player at linebacker. So that's the group. We'll see. I don't know how many of them will be on the field at any given time. Snaps will be hard to come by. You better have proven ability to do something that impacts the defense. JOK's got a role, they think. They'll probably use him. Who's fighting for Mike and Will? Snaps all the time. Is Malcolm Smith going to be a guy that finds a field? Could he be traded late in camp because they feel like the young guys are ready to step up and take over? I don't know. The good thing is you got some guys who I think are proven to be effective NFL players in Smith, Anthony Walker, Taki Taki's coming along. Then you look at young guys with promise, Jacob Phillips, JOK, a guy like Mac Wilson fighting for his NFL life. Can he figure it out, have a nice camp? Tony Fields, I think there's a lot to like about him, but there's obviously questions about how consistently he can play inside the tackle box at the NFL level, how well he covers in space. NFL speed picks up. Those margins for air shrink. We'll see what it looks like, but that's kind of the, the predicament they're in. It's a fun group to talk about. Much like the defensive tackle group, this group has question marks that need answered. The Browns have a good season. We look back on it much like last year. I know the collective defense wasn't good, but much like last year, we look back and we say, hmm, looks like the linebackers overperformed, maybe to the route of what was the most plausible explanation for what they would do. To me, it's a middling group still. They could have some standouts that establish themselves by the end of the year, but it's a middling group. That's probably what Andrew Barry expects from them, a middle-of-the-road linebacker group. Have a kick-ass pass rush, have a kick-ass secondary, and just be good enough at linebacker. That's probably the dream. We'll see if it ends up working out. They have guys here who can make them better than average, but there's also an outcome where they underperform. Do they find a role for JOK? Does Jacob Phillips take any steps? Is Anthony Walker too slow to really be an effective player anymore? Why the, Why would the Colts let him go otherwise? We'll see. Does Mac Wilson figure it out? Do you not figure it out? Does Sione Takitaki take any steps in coverage to allow him to be a three-down linebacker? Those are the questions. We're going to do our groups. We're going to have Jeff Risden on. He's got some good insights. think you'll enjoy it. Check it out. Here's the interview right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jeff, thanks for joining us, man. We're, we're excited to get your opinion on these linebackers. Oh, great to be back with you. Thanks for having me, Jake. Of course. Let's talk about guys with most pressure here. Um, you could pick a singular guy, Jeff. You can, you can talk about a couple. When you talk about guys who have pressure to perform, pressure to meet expectations, g- give me who comes to mind for you. Based on what I hear from, from the fans and all the feedback we get, I, I think people expect Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo to be a star right away. And that might be asking a little bit too much for a guy who's a second-round pick um, who's also going to be playing a, a more, I don't know, finite position than he has in the past. I, I don't think that they're going to play him at, at five different spots the way Notre Dame did, you know, where he's a, a slot corner, he's a box safety, he's a hang safety, he's, you know, your nickel linebacker, all that. I think just learning one role for him, I, I think fans might be a little bit disappointed in what's going on with him, and that that puts a lot of pressure on him. This is a very talented guy, and, and I think he's going to be good. But I worry that fan expectations are going to be set up such that he's going to feel some pressure to do more than he's perhaps capable of or more than he's asked to do. And we have seen, you know, examples as well as I do of, of guys that, that internalize that and it makes it tougher for them to do their actual job. Yeah, it's a great pick. I, I, there's going to be a level of expectation for that kid to come in and be an impact player and make a bunch of plays. And the comparisons we've seen that have been all over the board, way too high, sometimes unfairly high. Uh, but, there, you know, like you said, he, he's still a good player. It's just not always an immediate right now type of thing. Some guys have a learning curve. We'll see if JOK, he might be the type to beat that learning curve, but expecting him to do so a bit dangerous toward like the other end of the spectrum. The pressure is probably really high on Mac Wilson right away. He's got to yeah. perform or he could be a camp casualty, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. But that pressure for him is very real to make an impact right now, uh, because if he doesn't, he comes in, he doesn't start hot. They're going to have their eyes on some other people. That's for sure. Let's talk breakout candidate. Who do you think by breakout candidate? I'm talking a guy who really solidifies himself as an indelible part of the future for this linebacker group. You know, we know they're going to keep the draft picks, but is there anybody that catches your eye? You think he could have a really big year to sort of uh, put himself in the fold for the next three or four years? You know, I don't think Anthony Walker gets enough love. This is a this is a really good football player, and I know he's not technically set up to be a long term solution, but he can certainly integrate himself into being a long term solution. I, I really like his game. I think he fits the he fits a different role than than what they've had in in there before. He's he's better than B.J. Goodson was, and I think uh, the ability to for him to to solidify the between the tackles run defense for him to to chuck on the tight end. Um, and, and to get out into coverage, there's a lot of things that he does really, really well. He is a such a good open field tackler. And I think that's something that we've missed in Cleveland for, for some time um, since, since before Christian Kersey really got hurt. He can be that kind of guy. And I don't think people talk about him in that, that light. But this is a guy, um, the Colts are going to miss him. And, and if, you, if you go on to Colts you know, sites and, and, and podcasts and things like that, they're like, I don't know if we replace this guy adequately enough. So I, I think he's a guy that is probably going to impress fans more than they might think. And because of that, he can, he can earn himself a long-term future. Um, I, I would also say that Jacob Phillips is a good choice here because I, I do think that he has the ability, you know, we, t- we talked about him last year coming in as, as a rookie as being a guy who could be potentially be a spy on mobile quarterbacks, like, like Patrick Mahomes, like Lamar Jackson. And I think he does still have that potential. Uh, but I, I, I think he also, he's, he's just got to, 
much much like we talked about with, with JOK, he's got to find the one thing that he's really good at that he can hang his hat on. Um, and if he does that, he can certainly uh, make himself an integral part of the future too because uh, the, the talent is there. And I think the physical ability, he's a little bit more limited, but it, he, he's certainly capable of doing good things on the football field for a long time for Cleveland. Yeah, Jacob Phillips is who I was going to mention for this and uh, for for a highlighted new role. I think there's a chance he could he could be a a bigger part of starting at will and and sliding over to Mike on money downs, pass downs, third and third and pass situations. Um, I don't have a ton of other things for a highlighted new role. I think Anthony Walker is a great point from your breakout candidate perspective because you talk to anybody from the Colts, it's it's hard to hear somebody have so many great things to say about a player. And yeah, there's some physical limitations there. They didn't play him on third down, some of that stuff. But uh, if he can have an impact the way interpersonally that they talk about and the way he develops himself as a player and how that's, that spreads to the younger guys to teach him how to get ready, then it's already worth it. They could deem that that's worth oh, yeah. it for the next two or three years alone, bringing some of these guys. And you, you know, it's good to have early down thumpers too, because then it can free up your other guys to play in situations they're best suited to play in. So, exactly. you know, that's what, sometimes that yeah. can happen, Jeff, where like, you want your young linebackers to play on these early downs and maybe they're not best suited to do that all the time. And they get lost in the wash of, I can't handle being an inside backer all the time. Well, then that lets you play some other guys in other positions that maybe gives them confidence to do that down the line. Yeah. And Walker's a guy, he, he's such a, a respected guy. He's an, he's a bright guy. He understands what he's in Cleveland to do very well. And he's going to do that to the best of his ability. This is a guy going back to Northwestern. You get 110% of him on and off the football field at all times. This guy is a consummate, true professional. And I think that that influence on guys like like Phillips and um, Taki Taki, um, who we, we sort of glossed over there, but uh, you know they're kind of competing for the same role. Uh, and I think Walker pretty clearly takes that, but but it doesn't mean that they're going to you know chuck Taki to the side. Um, because he he has the ability to learn from him and, and get better. And, you know, he showed some things last year that, that you know, obviously in the Pittsburgh game, he, he came up big. But uh, th- there's something there with him, too. Uh, and I think Walker is the kind of guy who can help coax that out of him. So I, I'm very bullish on on what Walker brings into the middle. And, and you know, like you said with Phillips, I, I do see the ability for him to, to take on a bigger role. I don't know if I want him playing full-time, but, you know – the, finding the balance between where he fits and where JOK fits around Walker um, and, and, and Malcolm Smith to some extent, I think is, uh, is going to be a fun and interesting project that we watch unfold over the next month, month and a half uh, while training camp and preseason goes. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and Taki Taki, who if people forget was a, was a, he was a rush edge like Joe Schobert at Wisconsin. He was a rush edge for the majority of his college career. One year uh, of, of playing inside linebacker, box linebacker, and then, He's, he's learning still, and we, we know it was rough at the beginning of the year. I highlighted it. It was really hard. The Dallas game, they played him off the field. They just picked on him yes, up and down did. the field, uh, but it got better. It got better as the year wore on, so, you know, it can click for some guys. It could, could, it could click for him here. We'll see what happens there. Um, end of camp training uh, a trade candidate for, for maybe this guy's not going to make the roster. Somebody wants to grab him. My eye went to Malcolm Smith. They could deem that maybe he's not going to quite fit because they have some guys who can do what he does, and they want those young guys on the field. Uh, you could potentially see a team that says, well, we don't want to risk wavering him. Maybe we'll trade for him. But that's that's probably about he's, it for me. He's he's an interesting thought because um, I think they would probably like to be in the position where they feel comfortable enough that they could get rid of him at the end of camp. Yeah. Because that means yeah. that Phillips and, and JOK and maybe Mac Wilson, maybe Taki have, have pushed him off the roster and made him so they don't need him anymore. That would be a great problem to have. Um, I think that... 
as crazy as this sounds for, for those of us who watch Mac Wilson on a day in and day out basis, I do think that some other team will give up something to get him just, just on the athletic potential. Um, and, and, uh, the, the training camp legend that he was in his rookie season where he was legitimately very, very good in that, in that training camp. I think some other team is going to be like, you know, he just got kind of got lost in the wash in Cleveland. Wasn't necessarily a great fit for him. They just didn't see it whatever. Let, let's flip them a conditional sixth or seventh round pick to see what we can get out of him. Uh, but that's, yeah, they're, you know, because of, because of the young guys, you know, who's making the team, you know, really Smith and Wilson and, and maybe Taki, um, if somebody gets, you know, I'm trying to think of a team that would like, like if Buffalo loses Matt Milano, um, obviously Taki is not as good as Matt Milano, not, not even close, but he can play that same sort of role and not get you killed. Um, unless he's mm-hmm. playing Dallas, of course. And <laughs> maybe, maybe if something like that comes up, a team will get a little bit desperate and offer something for Taki. Um, I don't know if they take it or not, but, but that, that's an interesting th- thought process anyways. Yeah. I, I, I think in this kind of bills to our last question of this is the surprise 53 i think the only guy i would be pretty stunned by because i just don't think he has a role and the role that he has seems to be filled by guys i think are better or have brighter futures i just would be surprised if mac makes the roster i and i not nothing against him i think he's an nfl linebacker trust me there's some there's some terrible nfl linebackers on rosters i think he can be a, a rosterable linebacker somewhere i just don't know that he's gonna fit with what cleveland wants to do because they like walker to play early rundowns, which is what Mac's probably best suited to play. He's just not athletic enough in pass downs. He's instinctual. The instincts carried him through college, but in NFL passing games where, where things his, change and they, his hips are so tight. Yeah. It's just, you, you can't, the anticipation only takes you so far in the NFL and it's just not taking him where it needs to take him. And I don't think it necessarily will, but again, there's a role for him somewhere. I think it, it, I wouldn't be dropped drop my jaw surprise, but I would be like, wow, they ended up keeping Mac Wilson because then they're going to have to let somebody else go. I kind of pegged them keeping. So that's my only name yeah. there. Do you have any? Um, Tony Fields as a fifth round pick. I don't know what to make with him yeah. because I don't, I don't know if they see him as a, a linebacker or a safety or a hybrid um, or, or if he is just on the team in the Tay Davis role of strictly playing special teams, which I think is probably about the only time we will see him as a rookie and maybe even in the second season. Is that going to be worth it enough for a roster spot? Because one thing that goes against Mac Wilson, he's not good on special teams. And if you're going to be, you know, player 52, 53 on the roster, you darn well better be able to contribute on special teams. And that's that, that's just not something that Mac has been able to show himself. So uh, I, I kind of think they're fighting for that same spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and with Fields, you know, I'll admit, I was not a biggest his biggest fan coming out of West Virginia. I did like him at Arizona, however, and I, I see that guy having some some skills that they could use in sort of a reserve capacity. I think he can back up at the Sam or the Will, and also as, as your your nickel or dime linebacker as you're on your second team, and I'll also play on special teams. So I, I think he probably is the guy that pushes Wilson off is, is, is where I'm at with it. Yeah, much like McDowell when I talked about the D-line, guys got to come in healthy. So Fields can't miss a ton of time because no, if he does, if he does, he's going to be a potential cut guy because the, these positions now have raised the ante of the lower part of each position group where they're NFL players. They're not they're not just guys no one else would scoop up. They're guys that teams will be interested in, and that's a, that's a welcome change, but it also puts pressure on guys to get to camp, stay healthy, and perform. So, Jeff, I know you got to run, man. I appreciate your time and, and this podcast these listeners do as well. Yeah, my pleasure to be with you. Just one thing, you know, as, as you just talked about it, 
we have to change our expectations as fans that the guys who are draft picks are not going to come in and play a lot. They might not even make the team. And that's not a negative. That means that the team has progressed far enough that they don't have to rush rookies onto the field. Uh, we've, we've seen it way too long in Cleveland, and it's going to take a little bit of time for us to adjust that mindset. I encourage fans, you know, if, if you know, one of the, one of the battles, I'll, I'll go off topic just a little bit here. I think Anthony Schwartz and Donovan Peoples-Jones are fighting for the same roster spot. And I put that up this week in an article and people went crazy like, oh, they're going to keep them both. Well, where are all these roster spots at, folks? You know, it's a good problem to have that they have so much freaking NFL talent that good players are going to get cut. People that we like and people that we respect are going to wind up on other teams. It's going to take a deep breath on it and step back and see the bigger picture for it. That It's because Andrew Barry and his front office and the coaching staff have developed guys enough where they don't need impact rookies anymore. I'm very happy about that, and I know you are too, Jake. Yeah, it will definitely lead to some tough decisions and some, some ones that will just, you know, by, by nature, there will be divisive opinions on these things. It just there always will be. But the good part is, like you said, the bottom of the roster strengthening to the point that it is something that we should get accustomed to, which means you're probably pretty good and uh, yeah. in good shape. So, all right, Jeff, thanks, buddy. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Man, that linebacker room is interesting to me. I, I, there's so many questions. There's talent, but obvious questions. I can't wait to see how it shakes out. We'll look back on it after the year, and hopefully we're having good conversations about how they performed. So thanks to Jeff Risden for joining us. He's great. Follow him. Follow his work. Appreciate all of you guys for checking this pod. I keep saying kind of the same things at the end, but yeah, share it. Spread the word about this pod. I think we do great work here. It's kind of a one-man shop. I'm doing all the editing posting i don't have a producer i try my best hopefully you like it spread the word so the downloads can be an active part of your day so you're driving your workout you're walking the dog you got something to listen to on the browns every single day i'm going to keep this up in perpetuity till they take it away from me hopefully that never happens hopefully you guys are enjoying it twitch again reminder the 26th we go live subscribe link in the description it's very simple to sign up you can use amazon prime with it you can use your sub that you already have to sub your uh, put your sub to to the OBR channel. We would appreciate it. We think it's going to be a ton of fun every single day of the week, maybe except for one day. We're going to have content on there. So you can have your Browns every single night. Pre-game, post-game, conversations, insights, analysis, insider information, all of it. It's going to be a blast. Thanks for joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow. Another position group breakdown, looking at the cornerbacks. Appreciate you guys for joining us. Have a great day. Go Browns. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.